Hey, everybody, welcome to The Email Show. Today, we're going to be talking about how to design your marriage. What happens when we don't design our marriage and we rely on just being a good person to make our marriage? And I'm going to talk to you about the flaws of those ideas, and I'm going to walk you through the first few steps of the proven process to actually create a relationship that is so fulfilling, so rewarding, that you'll be wishing you would have done this 20 years ago. The quality of our lives depends on the quality of our relationships. But what is it that determines the strength or quality of our relationships? For over 20 years, I've been working in the trenches of relationship recovery and greatness. I empower people to take charge of their relationships and single-handedly bring about desired outcomes. This show cuts through the fluffy stuff and gets to the nitty-gritty of what makes a relationship work. I'm going to teach you practical tools and principles to transform the important relationships in your life and bring about greater satisfaction and fulfillment. Get ready to transform your life through the power of relationship skills. It's time for The Emil Show. Welcome to The Emil Show, where we talk about all things relational. I just got through with a therapy session, and so this topic is right on the top of my mind. And I've been wanting to talk about marriage by design. Instead of thinking of marriage just happening, we need to use theories of creativity and design for our relationships. Otherwise, we'll have a relationship that we did not design, nor do we even really want. When we have a relationship with someone that we we love, and we don't feel like that love is reciprocated, it can bring out the worst in us. And when the worst in us comes out, it usually brings out the worst in the other person. Now, think about what that actually does to the relationship. If you have two people in a very vulnerable situation when their needs are not being met, and the worst comes out in both of them, the sense of trust, the sense of security, that feeling of love is lost. And then there's this long period of time of recovery, but the relationship has already had its damage. Why? Why do we get in those situations? Why do those outcomes continually happen? And I think in in large part, it's because we don't train. We don't think about the outcomes of our interactions. We think about how we feel in the moment, and we are true to ourselves in the moment. And what comes out of our mouth, although feeling true to ourselves, is actually a betrayal to ourselves and the relationship. So something happened today in just like 30 minutes ago. You got the husband and the wife, they're having a conversation. She's feeling rejected. She's feeling neglected. She is hurt and she is frustrated. And as she's describing her frustration and hurt, it skips the vulnerability. I mean, she didn't even stay in that vulnerability space very long. She went right into hostility. Now, when you communicate your hurt, frustration, feelings of rejection in a hostile way, there's a sense of intensity and accusation to the other person and the other person that really should be leaning in, taking accountability, validating the other person, supporting them, ends up 
putting their time and energy into defending themselves, which turns what could have been a breakthrough into a total relational breakdown. Why don't we change that interaction moment right then and there? Every relationship wants trust. Every relationship wants respect and confidence. But it's in those moments of conflict, handled well, that turns that relationship into one of trust, respect, confidence. And we just don't get trained on how to deal with that situation. So I think that we should approach relationships with a little bit more forethought, a little bit of deliberate effort, so that we actually have the relationship that we want instead of just having the relationship that we have. And I think we just need to take some more responsibility in the quality of our relationships. If we think our relationship is going to be good because we're a good person, you're out of your freaking mind. Being a good person is so inadequate for having a great relationship. The analogy I use a lot is being a great person doesn't make you a great musician. It doesn't make you great at golf. It doesn't make you a great surgeon. Although those attributes are helpful, having a marriage that's great is actually the result of deliberate devotion to the skills necessary for greatness. Just like with golf or music or soccer or medicine. So the idea that I'm going to work on me being a happier version of myself will somehow magically make me better at marriage or a relationship, it's absolute nonsense. So let me walk you through a few steps to create a marriage that is custom made for you. Not built on two nice people, okay? that If you're in a relationship with someone who's not nice, that's just the beginning point. That's not the end. You need to be a good, nice person to even be able to relate in a decent way, but that's just the starting point. So let me suggest an activity or two to help you design your marriage the way you want it to be and then point you in the direction of how to actually like create it, how to build this thing. So here's an activity. What I want you to do is with your phone or a piece of paper, or whatever, if you have a piece of paper, draw a big circle on it. Inside that circle, I want you to write down everything that you want in your marriage. As if, as if a fairy godfather popped into your life and said, hey, we want to help you get a custom-built marriage. What do you want in your marriage so that it would be absolutely awesome? And so you just start brainstorming what you want in your marriage. Now, when I actually have people do this exercise in my office, it's hard for people. I mean, they can think easily all the things that they don't want. It's, that's the easy part. But what do they really want in their relationship? After they get through the first five or six things, love, happiness, kindness, fun, good communication, intimacy, then they start kind of running out. Well, I promise you this, any marriage wants all those things. Everybody wants those things. I want you to go deeper than that. 
from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, what would happen such that you felt totally loved, fulfilled? This isn't really going to happen unless you co-create this with somebody. So you need to find somebody who actually wants to make a kick-butt marriage, a custom-built marriage. And if your partner doesn't want that, then we need to have a conversation about doing what you can do to maybe inspire them, to motivate them, to see how making an investment in the relationship will be not only good for you, but good for them too. So we do this exercise where you identify what you want to have happen from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. What, what kind of interactions do you want to have? Do you want your spouse to, to tickle your back when you're going to bed? Do you want your spouse to hold you? Do you want your spouse to kiss you, make love to you? What do you want your spouse to do when you wake up? Do you want them to hold you, cuddle you? Do you want them to get up early and get your uh, smoothie for the workout? Like, There's a million different roles you could create for your partner and for you that will create the experience of a beautiful relationship. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to script out what you would be doing, what you would be saying, such that if someone watched the movie of your life, that they would fall in love with it and want to watch every episode of your marriage because it's so freaking awesome and inspiring. Now, in addition to what you want to see happen from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, how do you want to handle differences of opinions? How do you want to handle hurt feelings, misunderstandings, disappointments? Now, people say they want to have great communication. Well, great communication is still too vague. I think great communication, there's management of expectation communication, so logistics, who's doing what and when, that's great communication. There's emotional communication, staying in touch with each other's thoughts and feelings. I think that's part of great communication. And then finally, there's great communication in conflict resolution. When frustrations, disappointments, hurt feelings happen, we need to have tools and mutually understood strategies on how to work through those inevitable situations. All right, now I'm going to go full circle with you. You know how I was telling you about this client that I, that I just saw, how they got into this interaction where hurt feelings and frustrations took place and they were making things worse by being honest with themselves. Now, when I say being honest with themselves, they were standing up for their own feelings, defending themselves. Well, defending themselves and being honest with their feelings and sharing their feelings as raw and as real and authentic to how they feel, that's actually not loyal to the relationship because the relationship needs understanding, vulnerability, authenticity without hostility. And we need the discipline to communicate those thoughts and feelings in a way that respects the integrity of the relationship. And so if we have a game plan of what we want in our relationship, then that helps us decide what we're going to do in those particular situations that will make all the difference in a stronger connection, a deeper 
connection of trust, a sense of security, emotional safety. Because you can't have trust, emotional security, emotional safety unless you have conflict. How you handle the conflict is, if you handle it well, creates that sense of safety, trust, and closeness because it's been tested. If my spouse comes at me with frustration and disappointment, and instead of being hostile about it, they're vulnerable about it, and they take the time to understand me, well, then it's easier for me to hear what they have to say without feeling like I'm being attacked. And then how do I feel about them? I respect them more. I trust that they've got my back. And when I feel like they've got my back, then I feel more secure in the relationship. If the only time we talk is when things are nice, that's just a pleasant relationship. It's not deep. But when frustration, disappointments, hurt feelings happen, and the other person comes at me without hostility, but with vulnerability and understanding for me, now I feel safe. And then I can take accountability a lot easier. Now, of course, we're going to have bad days where our weaknesses are expressed more than our strengths, and we need to have tools on how to deal with those moments too. It all starts with what you want in your relationship. By making a deliberate, conscientious, blatant commitment to what it is that you want in your relationship. And you fine-tune it by being as specific as you possibly can. From, I know one of the things that happened with uh, my wife and I, we had different ideas and expectations about what was supposed to happen when, when Emil comes home from work. See, I, I thought that the, the thing to expect was when dad comes home, everybody celebrates, you know, dad's home, dad's home, because that's how we grew up. And it was great when dad came home and, you know, everyone got excited. We'd go tackle him and it was a beautiful moment. I don't know that that's how my wife's family was. So what she thought would be reasonable was is when the husband comes home from work, he goes and finds her and rescues her and plugs into her. Whether she's working in the garden or doing laundry or up in the bedroom or on the phone, the husband comes home and rescues the wife. I say rescues because I was thinking about the time when there's little kids And so she is psychologically spent, emotionally spent, physically spent, and she kind of needs a break when dad comes home. And so she needs a husband. My wife needed a husband at that time to come in and kind of swoop in and say, hey, I got this now. Tag, I'm it. You go do what you need to do without all these monkeys you have to take care of. And I've got things from here on out. Well, if you have two different expectations of what's supposed to happen, I come home and my wife doesn't seem that happy to meet me or greet me. And she's feeling frustrated because she doesn't feel appreciated and supported for all she's doing at home. Now we're both justified in our reasons for being disappointed. And then the problem with that justified reasons for disappointment is that our insecurities slip into what's called fundamental attribution error. What that means is, when I'm frustrated or disappointed, I create in my mind character flaws in the other person. For example, 
My wife doesn't care. She's selfish. All she cares about is me bringing home the money. See, those are character flaws, attributions about the person, rather than an explanation for her behavior based on the situation, the mood that she was in. So instead of me saying that she was, you know, selfish and lazy, I would say, you know what, she's probably tired, overwhelmed, and exhausted. And that's why she doesn't have the energy to greet me at the door. But when we create these character flaws in our partners, we support the character flaws by the narrative that we tell ourselves that explain why they didn't meet our expectations. And all of these things happen without our deliberate effort. These happen naturally. These happen to good, honest, kind people. That's why being a good, honest, kind person is inadequate for fantastic marriages. But if you take a person who's kind, who's responsible, that person would do the work necessary to become trained to have an amazing marriage. We're all designed for an amazing marriage. We all want one. We all have weaknesses and challenges that might make it hard for us at certain particular times. But with training and devotion, we can overcome those weaknesses or insecurities that, that kind of hijack our ability to connect in a beautiful way. And then we can experience the love that we're destined to feel. So instead of taking our relationships for granted and only putting the leftover energy into the relationship, we create our relationships on purpose, by design. And you can do this at any time of your relationship. You can do this before you get married. You can do this, you know, after you get married. You can do this 25 years into your marriage. Simply by taking the time to draw a circle on a piece of paper and get really clear about what you want in your marriage. And then as you get clearer and clearer in what you want in your relationship, and then you identify what you need to do, what skills you need to develop, what tools you need to have. I should probably reverse that, right? Like you would need the tools and then the skills to use those tools so that you can handle the situations when it really matters in creating trust, emotional security, emotional safety, the sense of connection that makes the relationship amazing. If you're listening to this podcast, it's because you want to experience the best there is in relationships. I invite you to take responsibility of your marriage and really deliberately design the marriage that you want. And then if you both come together and get on the same page for what you both really want, and then you start to design what kinds of things you need to do to create that, the process itself creates a sense of excitement in the relationship. I'll warn you, at first there's these, these moments in the relationship where you're like going, oh my gosh, we got a lot of issues. Don't worry about it, you know. That is just a phase. Because when you finally take assessment of where you're at compared to where you want to be, there's a noticeable difference. But it doesn't take much to where you're really doing something different in the relationship to change the 
emotional impact of the relationship. That's my invitation. I actually have a complete online program that walks you through this design of an awesome marriage. Don't do it unless you really want to do it. I'm not trying to get everybody to sign up for it. I want those people who really want to. We have every other week, we do a marriage mastermind Zoom meeting where we really talk about these ideas and principles and personalize these these concepts and strategies so people can implement them in their relationship and transform their relationship by design. Look, there are so many variables in life that are constantly trying to drive people apart. Having a great marriage is like fighting gravity. You have to be working on it or it will just start to suffer. And so this program is just a simple way and an enjoyable way based on over 20 years of experience to help people get their marriages on track and make them better than they ever could. And I think we're, we're doing a special program where you get 50% off the program if you put in the code TES, capital T-E-S, and that's called The Email Show, like The Email Show. So you get, if you put in T-E-S, you get 50% off this, what we call the gold package of this uh, marriage program that has the online course and the two times a month personal coaching via our marriage mastermind groups where you ask questions and you talk about what you can do to make your marriage more amazing. I want to make everybody's marriage amazing. If you haven't got my free book, make sure you get it. Go to emilharker.com and at least get my free book so you understand how to turn conflict into closeness. And if you want to start the process of designing and creating your own custom-built marriage, I would say click on the gold package for the marriage makeover. And then I will hold your hand walking you through the process of designing creating and then living your ultimate marriage.